It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. We've had this conversation before, and it seems that uh, each day we get new insight into America's willingness to uh, vaccinate itself against the COVID-19 virus. We don't yet have a vaccine, right? There are many uh, candidate vaccines moving through the uh, the trial phases right now, many of them close to the end of that uh, process, and you hope that one of those will emerge as sufficiently effective and safe uh, so as to receive an FDA approval, uh, then move on to distribution, and hopefully before too long uh, we're able to be looking at this COVID-19 virus in the rearview mirror. But as it is, there are a number of polls which have looked at and asked uh, American adults what their view is on uh, getting a vaccine or not. Uh, Pew Research Center in September uh, conducted a poll which revealed that about half of U.S. adults, that's 51 percent or so, now say they would definitely or probably get a vaccine to prevent COVID-19 if it were available today. Nearly as many, 49%, say that they definitely or probably would not get vaccinated at this time. Uh, Intent to get a COVID-19 vaccine has fallen uh, from 72% in May, a 21 percentage uh, point drop. Uh, The the share who would definitely get a coronavirus vaccine now stands at just 21%, uh, half the share that said uh, this four months ago. Now that is according to Pew Research Center, and that is in September. As I mentioned earlier, as we were looking at uh, certain studies uh, and polls, it is very important to focus on and be mindful of when when exactly the, the survey was administered, because things can change. Things can be said by very prominent people to change attitudes on a very large scale. In fact, it was uh, during the vice presidential debate just last week that both uh, Senator Kamala Harris and Vice President Mike Pence talked about uh, a potential COVID vaccine. Public health professionals, if Dr. Fauci, if the doctors tell us that we should take it, I'll be the first in line to take it. Absolutely. But if Donald Trump tells us I should ta- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. You see, you see how that works there? Depending on your politics and where you place your trust, uh, you may be influenced to, to change your mind there, listening to Kamala Harris. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence uh, responded to the senator on the vaccines. The fact that you continue to undermine public confidence in a vaccine, if the vaccine emerges during the Trump administration, I think is, is unconscionable. And Senator, I, I just ask you, stop playing politics with people's lives. All right. With all that said, uh, a little bit of background. Uh, We now look at a new study released uh, by Brigham Young University showing that public messaging uh, is needed before a COVID-19 vaccine is to be uh, distributed. And to help us understand a bit more uh, about that study, uh, welcome down to the program, Dr. Brian Poole, Associate Professor in Microbiology uh, with the university. Uh, Dr. Poole, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right, and I'm grateful to you for uh, for joining us to continue this conversation about your study. Sh- share with us the, the, the major findings. So the major findings of the study were um, two uh, major ones. The first one is that uh, your previous stance on vaccines in general was the most 
uh, predictive factor of whether you would be willing to take a potential COVID vaccine. So basically, if you were already pro-vaccine, then you would be likely to be willing to take the COVID vaccine. If you were not, then you also would not be. So that's not entirely unexpected finding, but also has some things we can work with in there, I think. And the second finding was, I think, a little bit more unexpected. Um, It was that People who felt like the uh, coronavirus was a big problem for America were, <clears throat> sorry, were more likely to uh, be willing to take the vaccine. And those who thought it was less of a big problem were less likely. And so this kind of speaks to the idea that um, people are interested in getting back to normal. People are interested in helping out their neighbors. And they kind of see this as a way to get back to where we were before, um, even more than necessarily uh, you know, a way for themselves to be protected. If I'm a policymaker and I'm looking at this study and its results and its findings, what, what, what should I do? What, what should I take away? Um, well, I would say that there are some definite messages that you should stick with uh, based on those two findings and on some of the kind of uh, more minor findings that we found. The first is to emphasize the safety and the testing of the vaccines because the people who... Um, were not as interested in taking a vaccine. And really the main concern we saw was about side effects and about the length of testing. And so I think being as transparent as possible in, you know, how the vaccines are tested, how long they're tested, um, you know, if any side effects are noted, things like that, so that people don't feel like they're having things hidden from them, that would be very useful. And I think we're seeing that right now um, with the numerous vaccine studies that are in progress, and we know that a couple of them have been halted already. Some people might see that as a bad thing, but I think that's actually a very good thing because we're seeing science working and we're able to see, you know, if this particular formulation doesn't work out, then they stop it and they go with something else. And so hopefully that'll help to restore people's faith in vaccines in general, as well as this vaccine in particular. And then I'd also say that, you know, just focus your messaging on use the vaccine. Um, It'll protect you. It'll also protect the people around you and it will be you know, it'll get us back to normal, get us over this COVID crisis that we've all been in for too long. You wonder, people are going to have to get very creative with uh, messaging efforts like this and these education efforts because, uh, you know, honestly, the the, the group best positioned to communicate with the, you know, with the population, with the country uh, is the the government, right? Uh, Or the FDA, all players in, you know, in in the story, which uh, for some, you know, the, the, the sector of America, which is hesitant to get a vaccine, is hesitant because of these groups. And so it'll be fascinating to see uh, if and how educational efforts are rolled out. Let me ask you one final question. My presumption has been all along that the that the split in those who are eager for a COVID-19 vaccine versus those who are hesitant to get a COVID-19 vaccine could likely uh, be viewed in political terms, that there would be, uh, you know, a common political affiliation among one group and the other. Your study finds otherwise. That's correct. Yeah. When we did our study, there was we, we looked at political affiliation two different ways. One was just to ask what political party you belong to, and the other one was to rate on a scale of like from how conservative to how liberal you were. And there was no association in either of those measures with um, willingness to be vaccinated. It didn't. It wasn't predictive at all. And so I think that's a very good thing. Um, it means that politics hasn't, you know, made people choose a side on on the vaccine question. And I think that the more we can keep politics out of it, the better. Whether that's 
things like pushing for a vaccine before the election or saying maybe that you know you wouldn't trust a vaccine if some if someone from the other party advocated for it so trying to make it as neutral and just science-based as possible, I think, is the best way to go on that. Yeah, I have to agree. Dr. Brian Poole, Associate Professor in Microbiology and Molecular Biology at Brigham Young University, thank you so much for your time and for your work on this study. And if if nothing else, that revelation there you shared with us at the tail end of our conversation, uh, that one's attitude towards a COVID-19 vaccine is not steered by politics. It's an important finding and an encouraging one. Uh, So thank you for revealing it. Yeah, thank you. All righty, we're going to take a break right now. When we return uh, for the final segment of today's episode, we are going to look at Utah County, uh, Utah County elections in particular. They had some troubles in 2018. Well, uh, the new Utah County Clerk Auditor, Amelia Powers Gardner, is confident they have those problems sorted out and that this election cycle things will go smoothly. We'll get a look at the process in place and what she expects to come. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to. Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.